0: Thank you, Pastor Tim, for uh, entrusting me the pulpit and giving me the honor and the privilege to to speak and share the scripture. Sometimes when I sit in front of people, you know, I say, "Lord, I am not worthy." Uh, none of us are worthy, and it's a privilege. Uh, he can do the work without us, without any of us. But it's an honor and a privilege to to serve the Lord. Uh, it's evident that we are, uh, we're living through some very interesting times. Uh, we see the events, we see what is happening. and uh, You know, when we look at the uh, political and social crisis, when we look at the uh, financial, economical crisis, uh, um, it's a global chaos. When we look at the conflicts, the war and all that, uh, sometimes we, uh, uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, my family, we've been looking at Matthew 24. Sometimes we think that it's so close. So many things are happening before our eyes and are wondering if, if Jesus is not at the door. Yeah, no. And uh, It's very interesting to see what is happening even in Ukraine. And sometimes we question why it's all that happening very little that we understand. Uh, we see uh, not only not only political crisis and uh, economical crisis, but we also see spiritual crisis and moral crisis, as uh, uh, you've mentioned this morning. And I think there are crises, and, and uh, I think Christianity is in crisis, if you look at what is happening. And uh, I think even the church is in crisis. When you see what has been happening in the last couple of years, Yes, COVID is COVID, you know, and, you know, this pandemic, I think there was so much going into this, you know, but uh, some people, you know, thought that once the COVID is over, the pandemic is over, the churches will be packed. People will just flood in. People will just be so anxious and excited about worshiping the Lord. But then, you know, I've read about, and this is happening all over in Romania and Europe, uh, and, and especially in the States. We visited some churches and were so discouraged and disappointed. And I said, What in the world is going on? Well, you know, they say that you have the e church, you have the internet church, you know. And I said, You know, it's interesting. If God would have wanted to be an internet church, Jesus would have done that because he had probably the best Wi Fi in the world, the Holy Spirit. 10- 10 gigas, 10 G. G, but it didn't, because it's so important, and we look, we're going to be looking at a little bit later on, and how important it is for us as a church in times like this, you know, to be faithful to God. And you know, uh, uh, looking at all these events, and, and uh, situations, and conflicts, I think uh, we're all going to be confronted with uh, choices and decision-making in one way or another. Um, uh, more than anything, I believe it's so important for us to be, to be wise. It's so easy to be influenced in one way or another in our thinking, in our decision-making. Um, because, uh, you know, it's interesting. Satan and his uh, demonic uh, wisdom has a kind of a dual plan. He wants to hit the church and the family, one or the other. If, he, if he's not going to be able to destroy one, he's going to try to destroy the other. So how important it is um, uh, as a family, you know, to, uh, to do God's will. In our, how is important? Because we are going to focus, and I hope through the guidance of the Spirit, that we are going to focus on the importance of God's will in our lives. What is more important in the light of all this, all this uh, crisis? The family is in crisis. The church is in crisis. So uh, I, I believe that uh, uh, we, as a nation, uh, I think uh, it's so important to be able to have the guidance of the Holy Spirit in doing God's will as a nation, as a church, as a family, you know, to be faithful to God. There is a passage in scripture that are just a, a few verses in Ephesians. And I'd like you to look at it with me. It is in Ephesians 5. This is a very special and very dear to me. Because it says so much here. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the, what the Lord's will is. Now if you look at the verse here, it's very interesting the, the middle of the verse, making the most of every opportunity." That means as believers, and we are going to we, we are children of God, we are Christians. So for us, in times like this, I think that this is a test, the, the times that we are living in, it's a test for Christianity. It's really a test for our spiritual maturity. Is it authentic? Is it genuine? You know, sometimes I think of the 10 virgins. It is so disappointing and discouraging. 50%. Five of them, oh, they were, they knew it, they were right on, they had everything they needed, but they're not authentic. So imagine it'll be so disappointing to know that you know the 50%. It's not authentic, it's not genuine. For us believers, I think we are put to test in times like this. I think God looks at us as Christians, as believers. uh, How? uh, What is our attitude? How is our behavior? Our priorities, our values today, making the most of every opportunity. You know, it was interesting. You know, uh, 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 28 years ago, when communism collapsed, you know, our parents fled communism. And it was terrible. I'll share a little bit later on maybe with you. And we were very young when I came. And, uh, of course, uh, when communism collapsed, God has, has moved our hearts. It was a missions conference. It was a, a great speaker. And he made an invitation. Very simply, is there anyone who wants to serve the Lord? So, boy, I, I, I couldn't believe the Lord, that the Holy Spirit just moved me. I just jumped up. My wife was in a, in a different place in know, church. She just jumped up. We didn't even know we didn't even know how we were going to serve, but the Lord has challenged us to make the most of every opportunity. Even though some of our relatives, you guys, are stupid, you're crazy. I mean, the wind blows this way. I mean, you want to leave? You want to go back? Why your parents have lost everything and and, and to bring you here to America? But when you have the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you want to make the most of every opportunity in your life. Now, you see, it's kind of a sandwich there. First speaks about wisdom and then the will of God. So in the next slide, you know, I just want you to see that because that is very important for us to see there is an indisputable connection between the wisdom of God and the will of God in this passage here. In order to make the most of every opportunity, you can't do it if you don't have the wisdom of God in order to do the will of God. Because... You know, sometimes, and even as we came back, things have changed. We've been away for five years or so. And, you know, I look sometimes at the church and I see sometimes, you know, there is, no, no, And no, now now, this is the first time I've been worshiping here with you. But I've been in a few churches, you know, it's, it seems like it's some kind of a spiritual arthritis. I don't know, some kind of a rheumatism. There is no passion. There is no enthusiasm for the Lord. And yes, why, why is this happening? Well, you know, if you look at, this passage here, and if we, we, we in the next, in the next uh, uh, slide, we'll see the passage there. And we see that the importance here, uh, uh, the passage speaks about being wise in order to do the will of God. You need the wisdom of God in order to do the will of God. As a nation... So when you look at our politicians, senators, governors, and whatever, they need the wisdom of God. You know, after all, we are all going to be as a husband or as a wife. We need the wisdom of God in order to do the will of God in our own lives. We are very much involved in the lives of the young believers. And, you know, for the first time, I have some friends. In our community is about 10,000. So, you know, just about everybody in there. So people know me. You know why they know me? They know me from funerals <laughs> because funerals are very, very big deal. You know, they have a three days, two days of she- of, uh, of, wake. And then, uh, you know, when you go, when you go to bury, you know, then you have to take the longest ward and they walk with the coffin, you know, three, four streets, you know, two, three miles until they, Dump the thing, you know, but anyway, people know you, you know, so, so they talk to you about it, and you know, one of the lawyers, one of the judges says, you know, what, I don't know what is happening this year, I have so many divorces in the young people, family, 20s and 30s, The divorce. So, you know, speaking with the youth, you have to share with them the wisdom of God and the will of God. And they say, you know what the will of God is for you as a man? But for you as a man, the will of God. Now, the scripture speaks about the, the, the worldly wisdom, you know, the man's wisdom. But then the scripture speaks about God's wisdom and God's will. For the man, you have, to be, you have to be the leader of the family, the provider. You have to be the husband What the scripture to assume the responsibility that God is giving you as a man, as a husband, as a priest of the family. When you don't do that, you don't expect the blessings. You know, That's the wisdom. That's the will of God. I'm speaking with the young ladies, you know, and I said, you know, you have to remember. Look, I'm not telling you stories and cultural stuff. Look what the scripture says. You are created for your husband. I mean, whether you like it or not. I mean, you are created to be his perfect helper. You are created to be his delight. His pleasure. Well, you know. Uh, they need to have a career, they need to have a PhD, they need to have a, a profession there. Yeah, it's important This is to make money, yeah, for the women, it's important, but don't reverse these things, because you put this first, the first is you got to be the wife, the mother, and then, you know, we have a problem uh, in, in Romania, you know, thousands of families are working in the diaspora, Germany, Austria, Italy, uh, Spain, and so forth. And children are raised by their grandparents. Yeah. Then, then you see, when you ask, what is the wisdom of God? What is the will of God? If we want to make the most of every opportunity for our children, for a family, and so forth. Now, uh, it is very interesting, you know, even uh, 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 for us, for Christians, we're going to see a little bit later on how important it is as a family to be a testimony. Now, as we go a little bit further on here, you know, uh, if we speak about God's will for the nation, now I'll tell you, you know, sometimes I worry a little bit. I worry because America has been, America has been the dream for my family and America has been, the first Bible that I've received was on Friday night. On Friday night, the, the, we did not have a pastor. The church was about 400 during communism and, and uh, the elders, one of the elders says, you know, nobody leaves the church. We have a gift for you. And you know the Bibles were coming in in those handmade bags because they were uh, they were uh, uh, smuggled into Romania. I don't know if you remember those those uh, funny looking uh, uh, Volkswagen buses with no no front. You know you you think that your feet are before your wheels. You remember those buses, those those hippie looking kind of buses. You know, yeah. Uh, so those buses had double doors. You know, double, and they they had smuggled Bibles with those. The first Bible that I got was from America. It was printed here. And I remember when my parents locked the gates and closed and covered the windows and turned the short wave and listened to Voice of America, the preaching of the Word through Quito, Ecuador, and then through Monte Carlo. So sometimes I worry the impact that America has. I, I hope that it's not going to lose it. The impact, the will of God for this nation was to make a difference in the world. And you have made a difference in Romania. And I hope that one of those days you'll be able to come to visit Pastor Tim. Now, I'd like to go further on here. The question is, what is the will? Of, we need the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God, uh, it's very interesting. We have the holy wisdom of God and the perfect will of God revealed and fulfilled in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, we had a wonderful song. Jesus is Enough for me. Jesus is enough for me. You know, And Apostle Paul speaks of this. But if we look in the scripture. And we have a few passages here. We are going to look at God's wisdom through Jesus. And God's will revealed in Jesus Christ. We cannot be wise. We cannot have the wisdom of God. We cannot have the. Uh, fulfill the will of God. If we don't have Jesus Christ in our lives. So look at the passages here. In, a, in, a, in, a, in the next slide here. Speaks about the wisdom in our Lord Jesus Christ. So. So. Um, a true knowledge. This is this is such a special passage here. The Apostle Paul in Colossians 2 says, the true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ Himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. Now listen, if we don't have Christ, we are in trouble. <laughs> We're in trouble. Yeah. You know. Listen to this. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. Are in Christ Jesus. That's why Apostle Paul says. I can do all things through. Christ who strengthens me. Now speaking the wisdom here. uh, It's interesting that. uh, We have the will of God. In Jesus Christ. Uh, In Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So we are going to see this verse again here. But speaking of God's wisdom, it says, God has made Jesus wisdom for us. So sometimes I speak with you. Listen, you can go to Berkeley. You can go to Stanford. You can go to London. You can go to to Oxford. You can have all the knowledge that people in the world and educational institutions can give it to you. If you don't have Jesus. <laughs> are in trouble you are in trouble jesus is our wisdom and god has sent him for us to be to be to be wisdom for us now if we go this is in corinthians 130 now speaking about god's will in christ we have a model and how Jesus fulfilled God's will and is teaching us how to fulfill God's will in our own lives. So if we go further on in the next, in the next uh, slide there, we, we, we are going to see God's will. Okay, we have the will of God revealed and fulfilled by our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we see it in the few verses there. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Now imagine when you do God's will looking at Christ he left the splendors of heaven when you do God's will you are going to sacrifice and you are going to suffer you know there are consequences but Jesus is teaching us here for i have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me there is another verse there this is in John 6:38 but there is another verse that speaks of God's will because you know is uh, is jesus christ that enables us and teaches us how to do god's will for i have come down from heaven and then in the next term okay then i said behold i have come in the role of the books it is written of me to do thy will O god i have come to do thy will so you know uh, if we look at jesus we learn how to apply god's wisdom uh, from Christ to do the will of God in our lives. Now the question that we want to answer here: What's what is God's will for us today? There are few answers that we have in Scripture. What is God's will for us? So let's look at uh, the at, at, at the verses. Uh, uh, the first the first answer is God's will. For us is to be saved through our son Jesus Christ. And I was so glad you mentioned about baptism. Because you know baptism is that expression. Visible public expression of faith. That brings salvation. God is good. And accept, uh, uh, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who desires all men to be saved. And come to the knowledge of truth. God's desire is for us to be saved. What would a man profit. Again, the whole world, the Lord is so. You know, this is so, life is so short, it's so temporary. It's just preparing us for what's to come, for eternity. What can be more beautiful to know that we are going to spend eternity with our God, with our creator? You know, he sent Jesus Christ because he saw value, you know, in us. He wants us, he desires. We are the only ones created in his image. And this is the will of him who sent me, that all he has given me, I lose nothing but raise up on the the day. God's desire is for us to be saved, to have eternal life. You know, it's interesting. He who has the son has life. If you don't have the son, there is no life. You know, this is not about religion. You know, this is not about, uh, this is not about uh, some form of denomination. No, no, no. This is about the truth that God has sent through Jesus Christ. He wants to save your soul. To save your life. Your name to be written in a book of life. So we have assurance that our eternity. Our soul. Our spiritual identity. Will not vanish. We'll be with him. Now uh, for this is the will of my father that everyone that beholds the Son and believes in Him may have eternal life. Eternal life is not given by the church, it's not given by uh, uh, by religion, it's given by Jesus Christ. Now, uh, there are a few verses there that speaks about the blessings that we have uh, when we believe, because God's will is for us to know and believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior. There is no other Savior. So in the next uh, in the next uh, slide we will see the uh, the the person of Jesus Christ the value of Jesus Christ and we have benefited and bear witness that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world he is the savior of the world nobody is the church cannot save anybody the religion there are people that keep on moving from one religion to another you yeah, know it's interesting, you know, how they're immigrants. They're just moving. to. A... No, religion is not going to do anything. You know, it's Jesus Christ because he is the savior of the world. Then we have another verse there, if you want to see it. For God did not send the son into the, into the world to judge the world, but which should be saved through him, that the world should be saved through him, only through Jesus Christ. Yeah. People who try to do anything, anything but Christ. You know, there is a During communism there was a philosophy It was called uh, atheistic humanism Atheistic humanism Humanism is the doctrine of man worshipping man the, During communism you were supposed to worship man Because God does not exist Atheistic humanism But now in, in his wicked wisdom Satan has come up with another philosophy Theistic humanism It's humanism but believe that God exists. But he better stay there. You control your life. So it's a tasty humanism. They believe in the existence of God. But they do not want the presence of God. They do not want the, the, the authority of God in our lives. So you know when speaking of salvation. No one. It's only God. He has all the authority. All the power to save lives. And in, in, in Acts 4.12. There is, there is one savior. No one else. For there is no other name under the heaven that has been given among among men, by which we must be saved. So this is this is this is God's will, more important than anything. You know, it's interesting. You remember the verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the others shall be given. You know, put God to test and you will see what's happening. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. We seek everything else, everything, but no salvation. No people. It's interesting. People in the forties and 50s. you know, they're so polite when you speak about Jesus. It's nice, you know. They keep it for yourself, you know. <laughs> no salvation is God's gift, and this gift is given only by Jesus Christ. Let's go further on here because uh, we have we have few verses here. God wills is for us to be saved and be blessed through His Son Jesus Christ. To be saved and blessed. So I just put some verses here because salvation brings blessings. And some of the blessings are. And you will see the will of God mentioned in this in these in these verses here. God's will is for us to be regenerated, to be born again. A saved man is a new creature in Christ. Born again. To be adopted. Uh, apostle Paul's verse here: the good. Perfect pleasure, the pleasure of his will is for us to be his children, to be adopted. The pleasure of his will, to be redeemed and forgiven by God in Ephesians 1, 7, 9. That comes with salvation. If you're not saved, there is no forgiveness. There is no redemption. There is no adoption. There is, there is no regeneration. In Ephesians 1:11, to obtain an inheritance from God. Yeah, no. And then to be rescued by God. To enter the kingdom of God. You remember verses uh, 21 in Matthew 7. You remember the verse? Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. There are many people that like to pray and they do all kinds of traditions and all kinds of uh, uh, practices, religious practices. No. And Jesus looked at the hypocrisy, you know, the Pharisees, and he said, No, not everybody. No. In the kingdom of God will not enter only those that will do. The will of God. And then in John 3.16. We have eternal life. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. Who should have believed in him. Should not perish and have eternal life. Now speaking of God's will. The theologian says there are three aspects of God's will. Three aspects. And you may want to remember that. One is God's determinant will. When God decides something. When God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Nobody can change it. Nobody has more authority and power to change what God says it's going to, I'm going to do it and it's happening. That's God's determinant will. Then secondly, it's God's permissive will. We don't understand why God allows things to happen. People to suffer. Look at Ukraine and look at throughout what is happening even in our nation. Why is God, uh, why is, why is this, all these things are happening? Speaking of abortion, speaking of crime, speaking of hatred. God's permissive will is his patience and he allows things to happen. We don't understand why, but he knows why. And then the last aspect of God's will, so God's determined will, God's permissive will, that is God's desirous will. And in John 3, 16, it's God's desirous will. Because he desires, it's not, it's not going to happen fully because people are not going to believe. But he desires that all men to be saved and have eternal life. So I hope there is no one here today that is not sure of his salvation. It's not complicated. You know, you remember, you remember uh, Philip and the Ethiopian, you know. You know, sometimes, you know, as a, you know, there are so many traditions, and sometimes when somebody accepts Christ, at least in Europe, you have to, you know, you have to meet three, four months, you know, and then, you know, the beginner's class, you know, seven months, and then you have to teach him, and then you have to, you know, and all that stuff, and I, you know, and I'm serving in a Baptist church, and I said, you know, I'm so glad that um, James is not a Baptist. It'll be eight months until the person gets baptized. <laughs> it's so simple. If you believe and you accept Jesus and you have Jesus, you're saved. Baptism is just the picture, the outward expression of your faith in Jesus Christ. Secondly, God's will is for us to be saved. Secondly, God's will is for us to be sanctified through his son, Jesus Christ. To be sanctified. God's desires You know, he said, I am holy, therefore be holy. Behold, I have come to do thy will. I have come to do thy will. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So God's will is for us to be sanctified, to be purified, to be clean by Jesus Christ through his sacrifice. Nobody can sanctify us. God is holy and he wants his children to be holy. To be sanctified. And you know this is so wonderful. When I look at my life. And I say Lord you're so wonderful. To be sanctified. It means to be forgiven. To be renewed. We have new verses. Some other verses there. It says. But by his doing. You are in Christ Jesus. Who became to us wisdom from God. Righteousness and sanctification. Sanctification in Jesus Christ. Sanctify, you remember, the, you remember uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord's prayer in John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. The word is true. Sanctify them in the truth. It's the, it's the scripture that presents Jesus Christ. It's unbelievable. Jesus is the one that, why do we get together? We get together because we want to be sanctified. We want to be like him. And we can't do it without the Word of God, without the Spirit of God, and without the Son of God. So therefore, uh, sanctification, it's God's work. Let's go further on here, speaking about sanctification. God's will is for us to be sanctified and live holy lives in obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God wants. Now, we speak of positional sanctification that we have in Christ. Once you have Christ, the past is forgiven. We are new creatures in Christ. All sins are forgiven, but then the scripture speaks of a progressive sanctification, practical sanctification, that we need to continue on, keep ourselves clean and pure, because that's what God wants. And Jesus is the one, through his sacrifice, that continuously cleans and purifies us. You know, somebody says, you know, (laughs) one preacher said, God is not going to pour his blessings on top of the garbage in my life, you know. We think sometimes that we can live the way we want to. To do whatever we want and expect God's blessings. It's going to go for a while. But it's not going to go forever. Because God. God is not communist and he's not. you know, no, no. He's not going to bless everybody. He's not going to. No. God is truth. And his attributes cannot violate each other. He is, he is, uh, he is just. He is love. He is holy and his attributes need to be in harmony. Therefore, he will bless those that he sees that are worth blessing. For this is the will of God, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in a lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. Can you believe that? You know, not very long ago, I celebrated uh, 40 years of marriage with my beautiful... I'm still in love with my sister. 40 years. And you know what I mentioned? Thank you. She is my perfect... I don't know what I would do. I think I'd be in big trouble. if. But anyway, you know, uh, I said, you know, I celebrated 40 years. You know, somebody said, oh, really? With only one? (laughs) But Somebody, you're stupid. I mean, you change it. Get a new one. Get a young one. When you have... The spirit of God, you are concerned about God's view of you. You know what's interesting? I had a lady in the church that came to me and he said, you know, Pastor John, my, hu- my, my, my husband cheats me. She's cheating. I said, come on. I can't believe that. I know the guy. He's a businessman. He's not doing it. Yes, he does. He got caught. Really? What did you do? Well, she, she, she got hold of his phone, you know, and the guy wasn't very smart. You know, he left all the messages and all the And interesting, he got caught. And he says, I'm sure I know. Okay, I said, You know, invite me and my wife to have dinner with you in your home. Don't tell him that you talk to me, you know. And then you both women come and talk to each other, and then I get hold of him, you know. So that's what I did. (laughs) That's what I did. That's what I did. So I said, How are you doing? Oh, he said, Fine. How's everything with you? How's the business? It's fine. Uh, But spiritually, Jesus, how are you doing? And then he. He said, Hey, don't tell me problems. Don't tell me that you got problems. Yes, you know what? So he told me. He confessed and he said, Yes. I said, Listen, I'm speaking to you not as a pastor, as a friend, and as a man, as a friend. I understand. I understand you're in trouble. And I said, You fall in love with this Don't wait until God will touch what you love the most. Don't fool around. If you're saved. You're in danger. If you're not saved. You probably can go on with this. But if you're a child of God. Don't wait. You have a beautiful wife. And you have two children. Don't wait until God will touch. What you love the most. I said, I'm gonna pray for you. And I said, maybe we can meet in a couple of months. And that's how we did. But you know, he called me. In three months, he called me, Pastor John, I have to go to oncology. My wife has cancer. I said, listen, haven't I told you? Breast cancer, haven't I told you? And He was crying, oh boy, he repented the guy. (laughs) I mean, I am telling you, he, God healed his wife. But you see, it's interesting. God wants us to be sanctified. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity. But to sanctification. Because he is going to bless. If we stay holy and clean. Now may God of peace himself. Sanctify you entirely. This is wonderful this passage in Paul and Thessalonica. May your spirit and your soul and body be preserved complete. Without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, it's interesting here. That he says, now may God of peace himself sanctify entirely. God can. Even if we sin. Even if we messed up. Regardless, God's grace is sufficient for each one of us. Regardless. Divorce, immorality, thieves, liars. He is the one that can sanctify us. And that's the beauty of it. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's will is for us to continue. It says, you know, to continue to be sanctified and made holy by our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, 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 I mentioned a few verses here, you know, because, because they are so important. And if you look at them here in Acts 26, being forgiven of our sins, being washed. Oh, this passage in Corinthians, you want to read this in 2 Corinthians 6, 9 and 11. It's amazing. You know, what God does when he sanctifies us, he forgives us, he washes us, he cleans us from all unrighteousness, being renewed in the spirit of our mind, transformed, renewed. For us to be, God's will is for us to be a testimony. So, what is God's will for us? First, to be saved through Jesus Christ. Secondly, to be sanctified through Jesus Christ. To be an example. you know, For our Lord Jesus Christ. Thirdly. God's will for us is to be a testimony. Living holy lives. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. To be an example. For those around us. The parents to be an example for their children. For us to be an example for our neighbors. For our colleagues. Apostle Paul calls us. Ambassadors of heaven. Ambassador of Christ. We represent the interests of heaven. Here on earth. For our proud confidence is that the testimony of our conscience that in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially towards you. You see, it's interesting. God looks at us and he wants us to make a difference. He wants us to have an impact in the lives of those around us. Yeah, you no. Know, we are going to give an account anyway. I don't know if you remember. I, I love John Calvin, and it's interesting. I went to visit his church, in uh, in uh, in uh, in Switzerland, and it's a museum. You know. So, but, but I want to I, I wanted to have a picture with his pulpit. You know, that his book, he, one of his booklets, uh, the Golden Booklet. Uh, he's the first systematic theology that Christianity had. John Calvin, a young man, that he wrote, and it was just the leading of the Spirit on that. But in this little golden booklet. He has a chapter. It says learning to live in the light of eternity. Learning to live in the light of eternity. We have conducted ourselves in the world. And especially towards you. In a godly way. Fear of God. Therefore do not be ashamed. Of the testimony of our Lord. Or of me. His prisoner says Paul. But join with me in suffering. For the gospel according to the power of God. You know, sometimes it's not in style to to be a testimony for Jesus Christ. It's not in style. No. And you're not going to be appreciated, especially the closer we come to our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, it's not going to be something that we are going to be appreciated for being a testimony. For in Him we have enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Now he speaks to the Corinthians. (laughs) Confirm our testimony about Christ among you. How wonderful. It would be Christ's testimony to be confirmed. In our lives. In our community. Wherever we are. People to see Christ. In our lives. In our thinking. In our pleasures. Priorities. And values. Testimony. For us to be a real testimony of transformed and renewed followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's will is for us to be a real testimony of transformed and renewed followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have the verses here who points that out. We urge you therefore brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies. A living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. Which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that what will what the will of god is that which is good and acceptable and perfect this is what god expects of us it's amazing you know how important it is for us to follow christ in such a way to be to expose his sanctification in our own personal lives, and you know, for us in Romania, this is very important because uh, a living testimony sometimes is more powerful than preaching the word. You know, we have traditions there that, that every beginning of the of the year in, in February and March until until uh, until Easter. Have evangelistic meetings. every church has services uh, sometimes the whole week, every evening with music and preaching. that's that's kind of the harvest time. So there is preaching and people that's when people come to know Jesus Christ. People invite their friends, invite their unsaved relatives, his colleagues, and so forth. Then there is uh, October and November uh, all the way up to up to uh, Christmas. Again, evangelistic meetings, the churches as a practice days in a row, they do that. And, and you know, when people see the Christian's life, families, relationships, they fall in love and say, I wanna be that way. I wanna learn to love my wife like, I wanna be a wife, I wanna, be a fa- I wanna have a family like these people. So our testimony is important. We're supposed to shine as lights in a wicked and perverted generation, Apostle Paul says in, 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 in Philippians, be lights. God's will for us to serve following our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what is God's will? God's will for us is to be saved by our Lord Jesus Christ. God's will for us is to be sanctified by our Lord Jesus Christ. To be a testimony. To make a difference wherever we are. In the office, at work, uh, on the streets, shopping. Wherever we are, to make a difference for him. But then, God's will for us is to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Just as the son of man did not come to be served. But to serve. And to give his life as ransom for many. The reason, you know, it's interesting. Uh, God's desire is for us to be partners with him. Not just to be audience. Passive people. No. We have a few verses there that if, uh, 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 if, if you see that. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If you cannot serve Jesus, if you don't follow Jesus, and we don't serve on our own terms, we serve in His terms. You know, He came to serve. If if you serve, you have to humble yourself, and I see it sometimes. You know, uh, it's not. You see it sometimes in the family, you know. And I love to, I like, I, 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 sometimes I don't know, I, I want to be so creative and showing my wife that I care. Now imagine, the Lord Jesus looks at us, God looks at us, and his expectations for us is to make a difference. To follow Jesus, to do what Jesus did. Let's see the verses that come now. For us, it says here, if anyone sees me, let him follow me and where I am. There shall my servant also be. If, any, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If we serve him and if we follow Jesus. Now, if you see the next verse there, it says, God's will is for us to serve as members of the body of Christ. To serve as members of the body of Christ. Now, this is very important here because, you see, for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But to love, serve one another. To love, serve one another. You know, historically speaking, we have picked up even evangelical. Most evangelical churches have picked up, and especially in the last few decades, have picked up the... Uh, the model of the Catholic model of worship. You know, when you have the Pope and or the Eastern Orthodox, where you have a priest, you, you hire a priest, you hire a Pope or, or a priest or so forth, or you pay him well and they, they do the job, they are the guru, they do the job. But you know, in the scripture, we are all called to serve God. We have the responsibility because you are given to serve one another. As stewards of the manifold grace of God. Then the next verse, you know, is very important. God's will is for us, knowing that we are all that we are all high priests, and we are all priests, and Jesus is is our high priest. You also are living stones; are being built up a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable through God, through Jesus Christ. But you are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A people for God's own possession. That you may proclaim the excellences of him. Who has called you out of darkness. Into the marvelous light. Each one of us are called to be servants. And when we come together. We get charged up we get encouraged to make a difference because we all have were given the gifts of the Holy Spirit to make a difference. I don't have the gifts that you have. He doesn't have the gift that she has and so forth. So together, when they come together as the members of the body of Christ, we are called to make a difference. And You know, if the church is in a situation that it is today, because I believe, I believe that Many of us are not very serious about the investment God has put in us, in each one of us. We all can be involved. You know, we have a lady, I have a lady in a church that I've been serving. She is 90 years old, and she writes verses with her pen. She writes verses on a piece of paper, just like a credit card. She writes them, and then she goes into the park in the city. And she hands verses of a scripture. She doesn't have it with the Xerox and copy machines. She writes the verses, and she hands out verses. 90 years old. So when I meet her, she's wonderful. You know, she's just so excited at her age, making a difference for Jesus Christ. I remember we have meetings every week, and you saw in a picture every week uh, uh, meetings with the youth, and you know they come together. You know, dozens of youth, and at one point. I saw about a dozen new youth. I didn't know where they come from. I didn't know who they are. So I wanted to find out, what are you from? Who brought you here? And then with them, there was a young man in his late 20s, severely handicapped, severely handicapped. He had multiple sclerosis and his, his uh, legs and his hands. And uh, when we have pizza, I hand him the pizza, and I put it in his hand so he can, so he can, he can bite without, without dropping it. And, you know, he came to me and he said, you know, Pastor John, I-, I went to their house and I told them to come. I said, amazing, a handicap. You don't, sometimes you don't even say, man, can this guy do anything? Is he able to do it? He is. God puts to shame some of us. We can do it. We're healthy. We have the ability to talk and share and walk and run. And I have 24 hours, and probably in 24 hours, we don't care about anything, only about us. Sometimes it's hard to give one hour or two hours on Sunday to come to worship. Yeah, know. My grandfather, my grandfather was tortured, tortured, and sentenced nine years in prison for serving the Lord Jesus Christ in the villages. He was my example. He was a testimony for me. Faithfully serving the Lord. And then after they confiscated everything. His land, his house, his property and everything. He sent him to prison. And if you imagine if I would have explained to you what, what, what torture, communist torture, physically torture he was. And then he was deported by the Black Sea in the South. And my mom took me as I was four years old to visit my grandfather. And you know he had one expression, and I even remember it now. Great is the power of God, even as he was suffering for serving the Lord Jesus Christ, losing everything, you know. But in the light of eternity, we are gonna stand in front of the judgment seat, and only what we do for Christ will stand. I don't know if you if you remember. If you remember Richard Wurbrandt, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he, he was a servant in Romania, and uh, if you remember, uh, uh, he was in prison, him and his wife also, I think about 14 years. I met him. I saw the smile on his face. To lose your freedom, to give everything you have, to lose everything you have, because you wanna serve the Lord. But we have to realize the fact that we are priests of the Most High. We are given the privilege to make a difference. God's will is for us to be witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you have here, you have here a few verses here. To be witnesses because, but you shall, be, shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. We are called to be witnesses. It's God's, it's imperative. And you know, we're talking just a few moments uh, with Pastor Tim. You know, missions is important. But if you look at that verse there, it says, you shall be my witnesses. God's will, starting in Jerusalem, starting here. Not in Romania, starting here. Not in Africa, not in Asia, here. And if Jerusalem is not strong, then we are not going to be strong there. So it's disappointing to see sometimes that we lose ground at home. Our will is to be witnesses here. The resources, time, energy, finances, the priority is to be here. Because later on, it's not gonna be anyone of it's not gonna be people to support us who goes over the ocean. It's God's command, you shall be my witnesses. So I hope that you take it seriously here. You know, what I love it in Romania, all the neighbors know each other. You know, they talk to each other. They help each other. You know, they sit and talk in the evening. Children, you know, over here sometimes people don't even know who their neighbors are. <laughs> we have to make a difference here. You shall receive power to be my witnesses and then go in all the world and preach the gospel to our creation. And then there is the other verse, you know, in, uh, in Mark, in, in Matthew go therefore and make disciples of all nations so our responsibility it's to serve the Lord to to make a difference for him through the gifts that we receive through the presence of the Holy Spirit you know because he's the one that enables us it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power and the wisdom to do so okay so we are called to make a difference and uh, I hope you know sometimes as I as I came back and I've seen, you know, the situation in some of the churches, and I said, you know, what is happening? What are the believers? What is the responsibility as members of the body of Christ here? We need each other. You know, it's indispensable. We, we need each other. It's important for us to be with each other. And then let's uh, get close here. Lastly, so God's will for us is to be saved by God, to be sanctified by Him, to be a testimony for Him, you know, to serve Him, and lastly, yeah, to be thankful to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In giving thanks, for this is God's will. in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You see, very interesting. Everything we have is because of Jesus Christ. Sometimes, you know, uh, I just admire you said, we are to thank God because you are alive. That we can see, we we can admire a flower. We can eat, we can walk, we can run, we can smile. Everything we have, we have more than just bread on the table. Sometimes we think that we deserve that. Sometimes because, because we are great, because we are macho. No, it's all because of God. In everything, give thanks. And I, I personally think that when the church comes together, the first thing to be grateful, the first music, the first songs to be thankful. No, to not ask any, just to recognize God's hand, God's presence, God's love. Each to be thankful. Then we have a few verses again that always give thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God. Even the Father, to be thankful. God's will for us to be thankful through Jesus Christ. Now in closing, uh, there is a, there is a, there are a few verses there, you know, Give thanks for everything. okay? In closing, give thanks for everything. Be thankful for His leading, okay. Thank God for giving us the victory. To offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And if you look at this verse, it's very interesting. Not just say thank you to God. But our giving should be a form of sacrifice. It implies giving to God. For his sake. Romans 1, 21. Be aware of ungratefulness. If you read this verse here. People who are not thankful to God. People who are not grateful to God. They lose their mind. Interesting. The consequences there. Okay in closing our prayer looking at God's will in our lives our prayer now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of our sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant even Jesus our Lord equip you in every good thing to do his will working in us That which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. God's will. To equip us. Even if we don't have the desire. Even if we don't have the passion. He can put it in our lives. The desire to do his will. And then the Psalm 143. Teach me to do your will you are my God. Maybe that's our prayer. That should be. God please teach us to do your will. Give us the wisdom. Give us the desire to do your will. And then David in Psalm 40 says. I desire to do your will. My God. Your law is it in my heart. May the Lord. Give us that passion. And desire. In times like this. As husbands, his wife, as business people, as members of the body of Christ, as a church, to do His will. And may surely pray for our nation that our leaders will be passionate, more than anything, about God's will, to make a difference for Him, to be real testimonies for God. His will to be fulfilled in our lives, in our children's lives, in our communities, than in the whole nation. Thank you for your patience. God bless you.